0: Hey, security peeps! It is Renee Small. I am here with another edition of special edition of breaking into cybersecurity, and we're here with Mondays with Dr. Dan. Say hi to everyone, Dan.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: So, as you all know, I am uh, Renee Small, super recruiter, helping leaders, bringing great talent, and helping awesome talent work with wonderful leaders. Um, and Dan and I have been working, have been, I think this is episode seven, Dan. Yep. Can you believe that? So we've been here for seven weeks answering your questions because Dan has worked with a ton of folks at the top of their game when it comes to performance and strategy. So Dr. Dan, do you want to introduce yourself while we get started?
1: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dan Shay, my company's Peak Performance Strategies. I'm a business and sports psychologist, but this is not therapy. I come up with some, as people say, street smart strategies to gain a competitive edge. Uh, About 80% of my clients are business. About 20% are athletes, student athletes, professional athletes. And what I've done is I've blended some of the strategies that these folks use to get an edge into business. So it's uh, helping to, I tell people what I do is I sell mistakes, that it's a... uh, it's a lot less expensive to buy a mistake and not make it than it is to pay for a solution. And so what we look at is, is people who are in leadership roles. And I was fortunate to work with Hewlett Packard executives uh, for five years before they merged with Compaq, looking at the challenges that these executives had, whether they ever verbalized them at, to anyone or not. I found it when we were one on one they would verbalize stuff that they couldn't verbalize anywhere else. But a lot of it had to do with strategies. And so it's a finding out what will work. And so our basic question is what do you need to have happen right now It's not happening? And I'll do the very best I can either on this program. If you send in a question or if you want to contact me directly, uh, you can do it by text or email. you get that later. And away we go. I wrote a book called Click the Competitive Edge for helping uh People get a competitive edge in business, sports, and entertainment. And uh, away we go. Because this is basically thinking about just, except when, when we not, when we're told, when you're asking questions, just imagine there's only two of us in the room, three of us, you, me, and Renee. But she's going to get the question and relay it. But, but that's it. Because confidentiality, particularly with the issues we're dealing with today, are paramount. Most yeah. of the people that I deal with it's on private email addresses at home and cell phones. It's not into their office, not onto a, a server where somebody else could read your questions or your concerns or the strategies that we're putting together. So before, right. before we begin, it's a good idea to know what the parameters are here.
0: So Dan, we don't have any questions yet. So I know you've spoken with a number of folks over the weeks. Every week you have tons of clients what are some of the things that are not happening for people right now if you want to answer some of the folks that you know we've been talking to I know you've been talking to a lot of people in transition I've been talking to a lot of people in transition what do they need to have happen right now
1: well uh, people people are looking at they're, they're in a fog of what's going on here it's a very disruptive environment it's like being in the middle of a storm what do you need to do first what do you, what strategies do i need to do and because cybersecurity people are constantly competing with people who are trying to get into their companies so it's a constant competition you know it's like a uh, it's like a football game with no timeouts you know and the opposition has a tremendous you know defensive line so it's how do you how do you operate And that's what their concern is. So what I'm finding is that traditional approaches don't seem to be working as well as ones that might defy conventional wisdom. Every single one of my clients today is in 2025 working backwards. I only work backwards. Where do you want to be? You imagine dream 2025. And then we work backwards. We look backwards from there for anything that could possibly disrupt that. Now, I mentioned to you before, and Renee, know, for years, we have an assessment that we use. It's 30 minutes online, and we spend an hour and a half together, and people, um, people find out very quickly everything they can do to screw up. It's just that simple. So knowing that ahead of time and knowing how that is going to blend into a job search, who are going to talk to? So there's a strategy. So one of the things that we've talked about is, is what do I do next? And so people will need help getting out to twenty twenty five, imagining it, and and then work backwards because it's an invisible. And that it's what's interesting about that whole concept is it takes, it makes perfect use of your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who's played a sport or competed has worked on a level of unconscious competence where they did things automatically, without without even thinking about it. And oftentimes they scratch their heads and say, how did I decide to do that? Well, that's the kind of thing that happens with your subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Because when you put your dream into your subconscious mind, your subconscious mind must act out every thought, image, or idea that you put into it. And it will do that relentlessly unless you get in its way. My role is to help you not get in its way and to help you to, to, uh, uh develop what that 2025 plan is gonna look like.
0: Yeah.
1: And I have a couple of and one other people can take this whole system and flip it right over and use it themselves personally, with clients, with client attraction, with sales marketing strategy, and with personal strategies to get where you want to go. Good
0: point, Dan. So Chris Kirk says, communication is lacking. We always WESK, W-E-S-K, who else should know? That's one of the questions.
1: What is W-E-S-K?
0: And then, or one of the comments. W, for who else should know? About what? Who else should About
1: know? About communication? I, I find that... Well, it's, this is a different. comment. That he- Go ahead. He's
0: making a comment. So, Gerald... Karakari says, what if your customer base is not tech savvy?
1: Then you really have to strategically plan what you're going to say to them uh, to get your message across, because then you're not dealing on an emotional level. You're dealing on some, you know, there's so much stuff gets in the way. I mean, Renee knows if you want to look at, if you ever look at, not tech savvy magazine. You find my picture on the cover. But but the point is is that but it's a it's a great question because people tend not to prepare to compete. You really need to prepare to compete. So I have a profile that I use. When you're talking to somebody, single, married, divorced, separated, kids, gay, straight. How do they communicate? What do they need to know? And what's going to make them uncomfortable? You know, if you want to put somebody to sleep and you're tech savvy, start talking tech stuff and they are gone. Watch their eyes. Their eyes glaze over. The interesting thing about uh, competitive edge communication and anybody that wants to text me communication strategies, I'll text it back to you. Or I'll email back to you that, that it's a uh, – you know, you, you have to, uh, structure what you're going to say based on the person you're talking to it. So it's not their job to understand you. It's your job to make yourself understandable to them. A lot of it has nothing to do with technology. A lot, some of it has to do with emotional. I mean, I've, I've spoken to somebody last week who's in a situation They're in a job transition. They, they're trying to, uh, uh, they're interviewing with people and I said to them, I said you know you are at the top of your game. are they interviewing you for the job or are you interviewing them? He said, well no, they're interviewing me I said, no you should be interviewing them. You have to decide do these people have the uh, have created the environment where I can work to my best and operate at my best and you know, one of the biggest things that's going on today with, with COVID and, and even in job changes, is worry. I look a lot with people at what distracts them. So you're going to be surprised to notice, even when you get off this call, you're going to be a lot more aware. You'll be surprised to notice how much aware you are of things that distract you. Then the question is, what do you do with them and how do you get them out of the way? But one of the biggest distractions today is worry. So I have a solution for worry. You pick a time a day, 5 to 5.15, where you do absolutely nothing but worry. So at 5 o'clock, you go in a corner and you worry for 15 minutes. But if you wake up in the morning and you start to worry, you go, no, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Your subconscious mind will allow you to put the worry off till 5 as long as you show up at 5 to worry. But it's how people do this. How You know, it's the minute a football player crosses the white line. Everything that's a distraction has to stay on the sidelines. Can't take it with them. You know, uh, golf is the same thing. Golfers have to decide, what am I thinking about when I'm on a golf course that gets in my way that distracts me? And the best description of distraction is I have a client, if any of you are runners, and you're familiar with the bad water. It's 135 miles through Death Valley in the summer. And uh, my runner said to me, she said, in the first 10 miles, she said, I got, uh, I was, you know, my support crew did something that could get me disqualified. She said, I was very angry. She says, and I carried anger with me for 125 miles. She said, it drained me. So what we decided is that she would take anything that would get her angry, Put it in the trunk of her car before she left to, for the run and would just say, trunk, trunk, trunk. And she would go, but you have to go back to the trunk to open it up and see what's there. But it's identifying the stuff and moving it out of the way because it is so contaminating, both for you and for your clients. That's right, Dan.
0: So. Chris says he always asks, who else should know what I know or what I have discovered? So when he said WESK, W-E-S-K. Okay. That, is, that was the um,
1: – Who, who else should know? Well, I, I guess the question is, is that how much of, of what you're doing gives you the competitive edge? I mean, if you, for example, if anybody has not read the Blue Ocean Strategies, you probably really want to read the Blue Ocean Strategies because what that does is it, it lets you know that most people who are in cybersecurity are in the red ocean. Your objective is to get into the Blue Ocean where, there's no, where you have no competition. So I don't know what it would benefit you to let somebody know how you do what you do or just that you'd make it happen. See, how, how it happens is, you know, I use hypnosis to help people improve performance. I do it over the phone. I've done it with professional football players, people in almost any sport. I mean, my runner, who we spoke about before, is now a mixed martial arts cage fighter, and she's 56 years old. In her last fight, she won in 49 seconds. So we use power visualization over the phone for her to do that. The question is, is that she was in that, uh ring for weeks before her opponent ever got out of bed so the fact is is you you know you you really need one of the, uh, the brings me back to another topic too is you have to really know what you do well when you know what you do well then you have to decide how much of my competitive edge strategies do i want to give away or do you just want to apply them so that's a that, that's a lesson I mean if it's going to benefit you by giving stuff away then then go for it you know if it, if it increases your relationships with people or or your uh, or your effectiveness, that's fine. but I, I think that uh, who else knows is a very individual you know it's, it's interesting. everybody every situation is is different. There are no us the same. I am certain. With as little as I know about cybersecurity, there's very little that's the same because people always come up with something new. So what do you do to make that happen? What do you know know to get get and keep your competitive edge? Because that's what this is about. I had somebody tell me just in the last couple of weeks that they don't like competition. The competition isn't really uh, productive uh, for society and all. It shouldn't be competing. I said, well, I wouldn't want to hire... A cybersecurity person who wasn't competitive, <laughs> you know, because you, you're competing all the time against people who are coming after you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Kirk said Chris Kirk said a very good point, and Eric Aldishir is here. Aldisher, okay. Eric. I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. I know it. Sure. <laughs> yes, he's here. He said, "Hey guys." Hi. So, um, so yeah, Dan. I mean, you touched on you touched on a, a ton of different things. Twenty twenty five is one I always like to go to. Um, your hypnosis strategy is another one. I'm thinking about the conversations that we've had, both of us, this week in terms of people who are um, in transition or just dealing with you know, being where they are right now. I think everyone, a lot of people are in transition right now, just overall, even if they're not leaving one job and going to another, just being in, in, you know, on lockdown or in um, this this time of COVID-19 and transitioning just as a whole and wondering what some of the stresses are, what was changed in terms of stresses, and what we can do to help them with
1: that. Well, what we can do is I can, we, you know, we very I want to earliest calls. We did a stress management strategy that will, that works very effectively uh, with just putting your thumb and index finger together. Uh, and I can take you through that. It's very simple, but you know, people, people want to be able to control their mind game. And somebody who texts me or checks my website out, there's stuff on there about mind game strategies. But at the end of the day, it's, I'll come back to one of my, my one of my uh, hockey goaltenders. I said to him, what's it like when you perform at your best? He said, well, I'm at my best. He said, I don't hear any crowds. The noise disappears. Uh, the puck becomes the size of a dinner plate. And the game moves very slowly. Any time one of those three things change, I know I'm losing my focus and concentration because I need to stay right on my target. So I said, what do you do? He said, well, I hope that it will come back. I said, well, Renee and I laugh about this all the time. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> so I gave him a couple of strategies to bring himself right back into the game again. And he can try it now. How you talk to yourself, can either be positive or negative. If you have a negative tape running over and over and over and over again in your head, the question is, how long do you want to listen to it? You want to make it stop instantly? Push your tongue up onto the roof of your mouth right now. When your tongue is on the roof of your mouth, you can't think of anything. And so anytime you want to stop that negative tape, you just have to say, how long do I want it to go on? Push my tongue up the roof of my mouth and it stops. Uh, but the other, there's another way to do this too, is, uh, I've had people who say, you know, uh, I'm going into a high stress situation. The closer and closer and closer I get to that, I want to be relaxed, but I'm not. Well, you can be surprised to notice that the closer and closer you get to a high stress situation, it becomes very confusing when you start to become more relaxed and more in control. And so one of the things we do is I'll show you how to do that. And it's very, very quick. Uh, just take a deep breath and close your eyes. Now imagine, think about a picture of number five. As that five changes into a four, you have the choice to double or triple relaxation. As the four changes into a three, double or triple it again. Let the three go into a two, double it, triple it again. Let the two go into a one, double it, triple it again. Let that one float over, off into the distance. And imagine that you're standing in front of an elevator. That, that push the button, the elevator door opens. You step in and you sit down. You push number one. And when the door closes, the big number 10 appears on the door. And as these numbers start to decrease, you're going to surprise and notice how your body starts to relax. Now, I don't know if it's going to stop on the top of your head or down to the soles of your feet or the opposite way. But what you can be absolutely certain of is that anytime you wanna do this by yourself, it'll work. So the door closes, you start to feel the car moving down. You see the numbers on the door change to a nine, and an eight, and a seven, and a six, and a five, and a four, and a three, and a two, and a one. And before the door opens, you're surprised to notice how much you know that you didn't know that you knew about your mind's ability to relax your body. You step out of the elevator, you're on a path toward the beach, you look down toward the beach, you're realizing that this path can be as long as you want it to be. But today, it's a short path. So you can see the ocean coming up on the sand, you walk down, you step down in the sand, and you may even feel the sand on your feet when you step down into the sand. As you're walking across the beach, you look to your right and your left, you notice nobody's on the beach, It's completely calm, relaxed, safe. You get down to where the waves are hitting the sand. You look in the sand and you see a five scratched in the sand. And you look up the beach, you see a four, a three, a two, and a one. And as you're looking down at the number five, a wave comes over, wipes the five away, and you realize that your relaxation is doubled again. This may be as relaxed as you've ever been under your own control ever. But, you know, you can return to this. So you walk up to the four, excited to see how much more relaxed you can become. Wave comes over, wipes the four away. Wave comes up and wipes the three away. Wave comes up and wipes the two away. You can certainly slow this down when you're doing it by yourself. Wave comes up and wipes the one away. And now you notice just how relaxed and comfortable you become in this very short period of time. So with all of those things firmly implanted in your subconscious mind, knowing how you can get back to the beach anytime you don't want to be where you are, you can get back to this beach. Just look at how quickly you got here. Turn around and start to walk back up the beach again to where you came down. Walk up a couple of steps onto the path, up the path back to the elevator. Step into the elevator. You sit down. You push number 10. The door closes and you start to feel the car moving up you feel energy coming back into your body. I don't know whether it will do it from the soles of your feet to the top of your head or the other way around, but one way or the other, it'll work. And how it works is not as important as that it does work. So you start up, the elevator starts moving up. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can feel the car moving. Eight, nine, ten, a door opens, and you step out into a calm, clear, nice environment. Now, just open your eyes, put your thumb and index finger together and notice what happens to the stress around your neck and your shoulders. Uh, the more you may, may believe your thumb and index finger are a dimmer switch and you press on them and you find yourself relaxing. Now, how does this work? I have a professional ice skater that does this before she goes out. I've had people go into major negotiations or when they're stressed and they want to control their stress, they put their thumb and index finger together. I've had people say to me, I woke up in the middle of the night, I couldn't go back to sleep, put my thumb and index finger together, and I went back to sleep. So I don't know how this is going to work for you. It'll probably going to work for other people. You may reject this right now, but find yourself at some time putting your thumb and index finger together and go, oh, my God, this really works. So, uh, and anybody who wants any information on this, send me a text or contact me, give me a quick call. I can send some stuff out to you, but there's so many situations where people have used their mind to control their body and their, 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 their uh, strategies and the way they operate. And it's just something that since most people don't do this, just the simple fact that you decide to tip you, dip your foot in the water and to try this. Uh you find it's working for you and uh and you don't have to tell anybody about it. So any responses from anybody who just tried this? Wanna type that (laughs) any questions?
0: Yeah, any questions, folks? Feel free to type anything in the chat that you're interested in knowing more about. Dan and I have done these a ton of times. Um and I know Dan's worked with a lot of folks, especially in the security space, um, a number of executives. So if you have any questions around it, let us know. And
1: the other thing, too, is is that, you know, I found out something about questions. It was very interesting because I stopped asking people for questions. Uh, I did a program for 95 of the country's top hockey goaltenders. And it was a clinic, hour and a half clinic. So I finished the clinic. I said, any questions? Not one question out of ninety-five kids, and they weren't just kids. They, you know, they were in junior hockey, uh, semi-pro, and then some pros. And I was trying to figure out what I had done wrong. And at the end of the, at the end of the uh, presentation, I had forty kids lined up along the wall. that said to me, we would never ask a question in front of people who were competing against. It. So I don't expect you to put. Questions in the chat or identify yourself. But you can do that with me. You can text me at 917 880 6758. Just reference Renee and say you have a question. Uh, if you want to set up a quick phone call, we can do that. Uh, and then you can certainly contact me on my website and send me some questions. And, and as you look through the videos on the website, other things may come up.
0: Sure. So Dan, we um, I know last week you got a number of people reaching out. People, just so everyone knows, I shared Dan's info. And Dan's been helping some folks one-on-one. So if you are interested and you want Dan's number directly and his information, I will be happy to send that to you. So Dan, I know a couple, couple more cybersecurity folks reached out and connected with you.
1: Right. So these are the big questions. The other questions are, you know, that there are competitive edge strategies that people work with. I'm putting together a program now uh, around eight keys to a competitive edge, probably an eight-segment program. It's going to cover the major things that people need to deal with uh, that will absolutely set them aside from their competition because that's what it's about. You know, we're we're in an environment today where some people – I uh, think competition is is important, and other people look down on competition. Uh, I come back to what Bill Gates said. He said, "Any kid who was given a trophy for showing up is uh, is really been uh, delusioned because nobody gets a trophy for showing up today."
0: But you said the kids. When you talk to the kids, the kids um, the kids knew it was a delusion.
1: Oh yeah, you know you. <laughs> I've seen this with. With kids playing hockey, I mean, I have I have twelve grandchildren, and six of them play hockey. So you know, you'd see them at a game where everybody said, "We're not keeping score at this game. We're just going to play, and there'll be no score." Well, you want to see how these kids reacted when they scored? They were keeping score. The parents weren't keeping score, but the kids were. So it, you know, but it it's. Uh, it, it's a it's a different philosophy and it works for some people it doesn't work for others and uh, I think that you know but they're all winners and people who don't win and i I recommend to every one of my clients is, I want you to win I want you to get what you want to get or want you to get what you want to have happen
0: right
1: you know people say to me well how do you approach i'm in a, I'm in a company and I want to move up What do I need to do? I said, I need to know who's above you and what's in the way. Send me an organizational chart. Tell me who's there, what part of the company you want to be in, where do you want to be, and how do you want to get, what do you have to say to get there? People talk about content, content, content all the time. Mm. What's the quality of the content? What does it really mean? What type of I mean, I have insurance companies and salespeople I work with, they change the language that they use, and all of a sudden they're getting all kinds of business just by changing a couple of words and presentations. Mm-hmm. See, people today on my website is a uh, a presentation I did about the cost of myths. It'd be very interesting for anybody who's interested in advancing their career to take a look at that, because what are the myths we're all living by? Oh, salespeople are living by the 30 second elevator pitch when in fact you only have six seconds to to get somebody's attention. After that, they're gone. You know um,
0: Is it more so in this virtual world? in this space where we are right now where there's so much competing online?
1: I, I would agree with you, but the point, the key, is to, to get somebody who wants to who wants to advance, wants to get a competitive edge, to to uh, you know I to to pick up the phone and call, so call me, you know I it, it's interesting. Somebody said to me last week. I read the secret. I said, Have you ever read the secret, the law of attraction? I said, Absolutely. They said, Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I said, Well, I said, there's a secret behind the secret they said what's that i said the secret behind the secret is when you have attracted somebody to you then you have to do something about it most people don't do anything what do i do next what's my next move and so it's important to to do that and also find out what's in the way you know people today are talking about one of the myths is about features and benefits everybody tries to sell what they're doing based on the features and benefits of that. Unfortunately, features and benefits is not the way people make a decision. It's not the way their brain works. The brain works on three things, skepticism, reactance, and inertia. They gotta be skeptical when you propose what you can do for them. The reactance is they don't wanna be sold. And inertia is all the things they need to do to change What's happening so you could be pitching your product to somebody and a person in our company is you you may be depending on them to sell your idea up they know as much and that's that's almost a, a, an impossible task because you have no idea how much you might threaten them threaten somebody else so it's you, to take a thousandth of view of a situation and find out what's going to work for me, where am I at, and how do I need to adjust myself for what's going to be there?
0: Yeah. Yeah, good points.
1: You know, so, so it really talks about preparing to compete, looking at the situation you go into.
0: Good point, Sam. So we're a little bit over the 30-minute mark, and I want to make sure that you got across everything that you need to today for this week um, while we still have a couple minutes.
1: I think the most important thing is, is that somebody who really needs to answer this question, what do you need to have happen right now? That's not happening. Um, if, if they want to call me and talk to me about it, you have a really quick phone call, you know, in five minutes, if I can help you but at the end of the day, it's, I find so many people, Renee, who are alone at the top. Mm-hmm. They have nobody to bounce anything off of. Uh, they don't necessarily feel that the people around them have their best interests at heart. Uh, and it's only, always about what they want to have happen. So um, I'm open to any questions anybody has. I know I look forward to next week. We're going to do this again.
0: Yeah. Is next week Memorial Day? I think so. so I
1: maybe- don't know whatever you want to do
0: together <laughs> it's all blended together
1: the question is where is everybody going yeah. is anybody going away from a memorial
0: we'll right here. <laughs> everybody will be right here yeah awesome well thank you dan again for sharing your wisdom with us it's thank always you. a pleasure folks mondays with dan 11. Thumb index finger. <laughs> finger. Thumb and index finger. Thumb and index finger. Mondays with Dan, um, 11-ish Eastern, 8-ish Pacific. He'll be back again next week, next Monday, if you have questions. Uh, <laughs> ben said, it's hard to remember what day it is, let alone Memorial Day. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear you. It all blends together. It's all <laughs> blending together. It really
1: really does. It really does.
0: All right, folks. So we will see you again next Monday. Bye, everybody.
1: Have a good week.
0: Thanks, Dan.